Peter Wells is the reason I do this show. Not him personally, but the type of person and business owner that he is, having steadily taken a small fishing tackle store from $660,000 in year one to its current $5 million turnover after nine years. Join me as he shares exactly how he's done it. It's the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Show, thanks to American Express and Design Crowd. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing woo-woo. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, you're a motivated business owner and you are ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful, beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. Today's 440th episode is made possible thanks to the very good guys at American Express. To see how you can turn your existing expenses into some seriously good rewards, I would Google Amex Business after this episode. And we're also made possible thanks to the good guys at Design Crowd. Head over to designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo and you'll get $100 off your first brief. And no matter what you need designed for your business, you will find someone to do it over at Design Crowd. Big show today. Submariner, now fishing tackle store owner Peter Wells, shares how he's building an iconic Aussie business on the beautiful Sunshine Coast, despite some heavy competition from bigger brands and e-commerce sellers. Past guest Brendan Tarazzi shares the upside of appearing on this show. I've got an update on a video series I've recently appeared in and <laughs> I apologise absolutely up front for this week's Jingle of the Week. It will stay in your head for absolutely days. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Like I said at the top of this episode, it's people like Peter Wells that inspire me to continue doing this show after almost 10 years. A small business owner with an interesting story who's never been in the limelight and who's effectively using some form of marketing to grow their business. Peter used to work on submarines. He's a submariner. Now he owns Davos Fishing and Tackle, a simple bricks and mortar business he bought nine years ago that now has three stores on Australia's beautiful Sunshine Coast. Now, here's where it gets interesting. He's big, big, big on customer service. He's got a hunger for figuring out how retail works. Is a lifelong student of personal development, which I find very refreshing, and has some great learnings and stories from his past life as a submariner. Yes, we do go down that rabbit hole. But this is not one of those chats where everything falls into place. As Pete and his son come to grips with how to transition a bricks and mortar business into the e-commerce space. We cover a lot of ground, I assure you. I started off by asking Peter if he thought bricks and mortar retail is dying a slow but an inevitable death. It's not dying. It is uh, going backwards, but there is is ways to reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. Going backwards in what way? Uh, Just going back. Online is very strong. We conduct online. 
there's other third-party players in the scene. There's eBay and Amazon, and there's more and more coming. So you can take it as a negative or you can take it as a positive. So yeah, I'm, at, right. I'm at a positive. You're a glass half full type yeah, of like definitely. Gen- generally? Generally. Well, I can't stop it. If I could stop it, I would. I can't stop it, so I might as well get on and go with it. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that because you're embracing e-commerce and you're doing a lot of other things to kind of arrest the the slow death that may or may not be happening. It wasn't actually a leading question. You know, I'm just it's interesting speaking to spoken to many bricks and mortar retailers over the time, and some sort of go, no, it's not, and others go, well, it, maybe it is, but we're doing things to arrest it. So, got it. Now, the Davos brand goes back a long way prior to you buying it. Definitely. I understand. Describe just how it lose the humility for the moment. Describe yep. just how an icon, much of an iconic brand it is. Well, it was started by Bruce Davidson, who come up here on holidays, went to his local tackle shop, didn't like it, got bad service, and um, I believe he was from Melbourne. And he went home and he went, "I can do a lot better job. I like Noosa. I like the people of Noosa, so I'm coming up." And he he started up a shop and opened it up. How yeah. long ago was that? That was nearly forty years ago. Wow. So he continued to do it. I'm, I'm not sure, I think, about uh, 13, 14 years. We've still got one of his former employees, Chico, as we've mentioned about. So he, he's yeah, a character. Yeah. yeah, well, I mentioned to him he, he, off air, he's a, he is a character. We, we'll talk about him when it comes to customer service. Definitely. So Bruce Davidson brought it, and he, he was very active in the community. He did get a huge following in Noosa. I still can't find a person who dislikes him. He's still around. Is he? Yeah, he drops in all the time and wants all the old school stuff and has a bit of fun. And <laughs> no, he's a he's a great character. He knows a lot of people because of being in Noosa for so long. But he actually he had an interest in politics, so he went for state politics, sold the business, got into state politics. I believe he lasted three or four years and went no, I'm, this is no, nah, this what, is not what, me. What a pity, because the world needs more smart business people in politics, you know, as opposed to politicians. Uh, so he sold it after about 14 years to another couple, I understand, who ran it for about 18 years? That's correct. And now you, then you bought it nine years ago? Yeah. Wow. So, so beyond Noosa, again, you losing humility, to give a sense of list to listeners, how, big, how iconic is the brand in Australia? Um, I think it's very iconic. I get comments from all over Australia and around the world. I've just done a trip overseas for six weeks and there were a few mentions of it over there. Um, because we've been very present, sorry, on Facebook, different other media outlets, we have people, obviously Noosa is an international spot. Yes. We have people come up from Melbourne internationally. They come up the same time every year. Some of them get off the plane and get a cab straight to Davos. Really? Yes. What and a great acid test for a brand. It is. It is. And I always get stuck there giving them lift home, so we always <laughs> deviate and we might go and have a refreshment and chat about what's been <laughs> no happening. Doubt. But... Having that sort of following and them telling their friends and all that about it, we get quite a big kick out of when people come in and say, oh, my mate says, I have to come here. I don't want to go anywhere else. I have to come here now. You've got to set me up or hook me up or, or wow. whatever. And that's from the 12-year-old junior that's never thrown a line to the 50-year-old experienced fisherman. Well done. I met a lady only last week who has a business that's named after it. It's actually the business is her name. Uh, she's it's a ten million dollar turnover a year business. She's just she's just decided to shut it down because she doesn't want to sell it to someone else for them to go and wreck her name. You've taken on someone else's name in the in that your business is called Davos and clearly maintain the heritage. What's your secret? The secret was I thought about changing the name when we first brought it. Then I realised the importance of the Davos name, not just in Noosa, but as we've talked about in Australia and around other places around the world. It's a good name. It, it sounds good. 
it looks good. It's a classic Aussie, you know, shortening of the word Dave, the name David. How could, how could you not like it? Everyone knows a Davo, so hopefully yeah. everyone knows Davos. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah. Now, prior to buying Davos, which I understand, is that your first business to own? No, no. No? So prior to that, I was in transport for um, quite a while, for about 12 years. We operated commercial carting equipment for catering. Right. Coca-Cola fridges, ice cream freezers, okay. things like that, up and down the East Coast. So you had a bit of small business experience. In that, yes. But prior to that, I understand you're a submariner. Oh, see, now the secret's out. Here we go. Yes. Yeah, the smile just went on your face too. Yes. Good times? Uh, Good times, (laughs) hard work, good times, and very good friends. No doubt. Well, I'm interested. I mean, I actually could do an entire interview about your life as a submariner. I promise not to, because I'm sure there's most most things you can't share. But what did you bring from your life as a submariner into running a business? Definitely the professionalism. Some people would say I'm a bit too uh, ex-Navy still and when I want things done, I want things done. I want them done my way, but some people understand that if we do that, it works. It doesn't work all the time, but if it doesn't, let's have a look at it and reinvent it and go again. What else I brought with it? Just the passion. The passion to get the job done, move on, get on with the next one, keep people happy. It doesn't matter who you're around in a submarine. You've got to get on, you've got to work with them, you've got to... um, accept their good points and bad points. I think if you do that with employees and as well as customers, it's a happier road for everyone and everyone can see that in you. What a great learning. It's actually quite... Uh, coincidentally, only last night I was... I got stuck into the YouTube black hole and about half an hour in I was watching a documentary on the USS Pennsylvania, which is the, yes. the biggest submarine, the nuclear submarine in the world. Giant. Giant. Mm. And I didn't realise... I, I had no... I had no idea about the whole submariner thing until last night. Now, I'm meeting one. These guys go down for six, eight months at a time? Yeah, definitely the nuclear ones don't, do. Sorry. The yeah. um, Australian ones, because we're diesel electric, we have certain restrictions as in um, food and water we can carry and that. I think the present ones actually are probably doing about eight weeks. Crazy. So And that's under. So um, what is the secret to getting along with others? Staff, suppliers, customers? There's a great learning there. I think you've got to um, listen before you speak. If you can listen first, and they might have a good question, you might think, oh, it's a, it's a tiny question, doesn't really mean nothing, but listen to the whole thing, understand why they're saying it, and answer it. Um, with employees, if, if they've got a gripe, listen to them, but then try and direct them the way you want it done, but explain to them why you want it done. Oh, so it, does go, it is your way or the highway at the end of the days of Pete? A certain amount. A certain amount. I'm always willing to listen. I'll change my ways if it's a better way and it's an easier. I get in a lot of trouble for telling people to be lazy. And they say, oh, well, what, you know, I don't want to be lazy. My dad's always taught me not to be lazy. My mum says, don't be lazy. And I say, well, my being being lazy, I want to do something once. I don't want to do it twice. I just want to do it once and move on. To, mm-hmm. to me, that's lazy because if you've got to do it twice, you're working too much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's just one of my little... Incro-syncrasies or... Idio- idiosyncrasies? That's the one. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, I, I've, I've got to leave sub... No one's here to hear about submariners, but I am going to ask you for one more story because I think it is a fascinating, I don't know, what do you call it, area. What, what any, any particular memory or story that you can share deep below the sea? Probably the... Probably, it's not probably a good story, but um, for some, but it's definitely one I remember when um, we were off Sydney once and... Uh, we were underwater and we decided to go deep because there was a ship above us and we were, we were playing war games. 
and um, we decided to go deep, and um, I don't think someone checked the charts properly, and we found the bottom pretty quick. Don't. Yeah. You hit the bottom. We hit the bottom. I imagine it's a sandy bottom. It was. We were lucky. If it wasn't, um, you know, who knows what would have happened. Um, we hit the bottom. There was no... We had to come back into shore, and there was no damage, and everything carried on. What was the feeling when you felt the bottom? What's going to happen in the next 10 seconds? Jeez, mm, mate. You're a braver man than me. Why'd you buy Davos? I need to change from transport. Uh, my transport business was in Brisbane. I've always lived on the Sunshine Coast since I got out of submarines. Um, I was always interested in tackle, and when I first got out of the Navy, I'd come up to the Sunshine Coast to buy a tackle business with my father, who's passed away now. But when we wanted to buy one in Noosa, we come along, we found Davos, and went, well, he's got the market share, we can't buy that. So I ended up going into transport, and then Davos come available. <sighs> I'd just been out of transport for about six months trying to work out what I wanted to do, and the owners were tired. They'd done a, a terrific job for years, but as in any business, you, they were there for like nearly 17 years, I think. They were tired. They needed a way out. I gave them a way out, and, yeah, it was a business that could grow. I could see it had potential to um, build up, and since we've been there, we've been building them. We still are. So I want to talk to you about growth because you've experienced some pretty amazing growth, but paint a picture of Davos the day you bought it. Um, basically, Davos, the day I brought it, um, had a turnover of about 660000 We've increased that year on year. Our aim for next year will be $5 million. We have increased the amount of shops. We only had one shop when we brought Davos. We now have three shops, as well as a very strong online presence. Well done. So in terms of scoping the size, it skews from back nine years ago to now? Staff? Oh, skews. Oh, we're going from... Um, we're probably going from 11,000 now. It's up over 50,000. Wow. Mind-blowing. <laughs> mind-blowing. And we went from uh, four staff. Um, today we just employed another one for another staff member mm-hmm. for because we're growing in the online side, and that he's number 18. How does that make you feel? Good, bad, and stressed. <laughs> you don't look too stressed. No. It, it's... So tell me about the good, the bad, and the stressed individually. Um, the good is we're growing. So my dad always told me, if we're standing still, you're actually going backwards. So you've got to grow, otherwise you've got to look at yourself and work out why you're not growing or simply opt out and go and find something else and get a re-release on life. So mm-hmm. that's a good. We're growing and we've, we've grown in turnover, we've grown in profit. The bad is we're open six to six, seven days a week. So in my previous job in transport, I worked... 12 hours a day, but only five days a week. Now I'm sort of responsible from six to six, seven days a week. We and have Christmas Day off. That's big year. Yeah. Are you personally involved seven days a week, six till six? No, not personally. And when you've got the right team on board, you don't need to be. I try to be involved five days a week, and I will do, I don't mind doing long hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the business owner at the end of the day, and I need to answer to different people as well as myself. So as long as you've got the good team around you, you can do that as long as you've got good structures and good systems that if something goes wrong, besides them bringing you up and disturbing you, they've got a few systems that they can go to and fix before they have to contact you. I know you're in fishing, and fishing is a 24-7 sport. Why 6 till 6? Do you need to be? Because we're growing, we want to cater to the customer also. Now the customer... Funny concept? Yeah, (laughs) funny that. Funny that. We've got the, the big box chainsaws and that out there. They're open very long hours. They're open seven days a week, not six to six. 
we were open the same time as them, but then I found out we weren't getting things done. We've got stuff to do at the start of the day as well as the end of the day. And the doors models will be open for the customers while we're there doing our mundane things that we've got to do to set up every day or to pack up the day. So hmm. if we can do that, people know, oh, it's half past five, I can still go and get me bait and go fishing tomorrow. It's a pretty impressive store. I, I don't fish. Uh, I'm thinking of starting to kayak. I was in the store this morning and it's like a big toy shop. It is. It's an adult toy shop and it's not even, I was nearly going to say a man toy shop, but it's not a man toy shop anymore. It's a, it's a man, woman, child, yes. whatever you can say. Man child? Yeah, man child. There you go. <laughs> yes. That'll do. We've got to have, we've got to have pretty well everything to set people up. We get a lot of holiday makers come through here that just want to spend $50 and be able to go fishing and we have blokes that come up with $5,000 and want everything they can no get out with. So. How do you, as a bloke who had a transport business, previously a submariner, then buy a retail store that is undercooked and see the upside? I, I, walk into a, into your, I walked into your store today and it just looked like it had been fitted out by a retail expert. You know, there's secrets to retail. I don't quite know what they all are, but I know there are secrets to retail the way, you know, for example, supermarkets put the milk at the very back corner. So you've got to walk through everything else to get the milk, which is what most people are there to get, right? How have you learned that? Or, or maybe you haven't, I don't know. Um, I have learned. I, I seek advice a lot. I read a lot. I look at other people's shops a lot and not just tackle shops, just other shops in general. I'll go into all shops. What do you look for? Just different things, different ideas. Why do they do that? Why... Why have they got that up there? Why Give us an example. Down low? A good example is when I had the when I had the uh, transport business, I was with Coca Cola, and most of our predominant business was with Coca Cola. Their reps would come in and set certain drinks up at certain heights in the fridge because they knew that things would sell. Coke will sell on the left hand side at eye height more than any other drink. Now they their job was to sell Coke, but with everything else. But another a good example another good example is the reps you would see. The ones that would set up their shops well, those shops would go extremely well. You'd go in there, the shop owners would be very happy that they've got this rep. Then you go to other shops that didn't have a good rep and their ideas well, you know, they couldn't be bothered with things like that and their the owners of the business would not be happy with their reps and they wouldn't sell half as many drinks and therefore the turnover wasn't there. So I think I got a lot of insight into Coke on how people done things. I could see the good ones and I sort of followed them. I did learn. I didn't realise I was learning till. Mm. I opened the doors at Davos and went, okay, now I've got to change this. Good brand to learn from. It's a good brand. They, they spend a lot of money on marketing, so I sort of cheated and got <laughs> it do. from the side. Well, and interestingly enough, as you walk out of your store, the last thing I think you see is Coke in the fridge. On the left-hand <laughs> the left side, side. at height. <laughs> Very good. Wowee. You are, I'm, I'm looking and you're learning. Um, how do you stay ahead of all that? Because I imagine, I mean, the science behind retail would be mind-boggling. Uh, do you go to con- do you go overseas to conferences? Do you just constantly you a self-taught person? A bit of both. I go to a lot of conferences. Our main store is part of the Tackle World Group, which has over forty stores Australia wide. So big, big buying group. We um we we go to two conferences a year with them. We go to trade shows as many as possible. I also listen to the suppliers and their their representatives a lot. I ask them. I try to fish. What's working in other stores? You know. Boom boom. What's the pro- What's what product's hot, you know? Mm-hmm. What's he selling that I'm not selling? What should I sell? If it's not selling, let's get rid of it. Move it on. Put something fresh in. Um, it's a constant thing. Then I like trying things. Even if I think it's not going to work, I, I tell my team, I say, if you want to buy it, buy it. Let's give it a good go. If it doesn't work, 
We'll get rid of it, but for, at least you're trying. That's from a product point of view. Yes. So imagine there is a, there is a lot to be learned from uh, the reps of each of the brands. I mean, for example, imagine the Shimano rep. Is it Shimano? Is yes. A, there you go. They do bike gears too, don't they? They do. Just that's their that. predominant thing around the world. Right. So imagine the Shimano rep comes in and you pick his brain, what's working, what's not, what point of sale have you got, where should I put it, kind of getting there. They've done the research, I guess. Always, always. He was just in this morning. And instead go. of um, you know, a 15 minute visit by some reps, the Shimano rep was there for two and a half hours this morning. And we don't just talk about him selling us product, it's about how we sell it or the new product or what's hot for other shops. Cheap, quick, great. I used to work with a designer who'd forced me to choose two of those three options whenever I wanted something designed. As a small business owner with limited funds, it drove me nuts that I could never have all three. That's why I love Design Crowd. You see, Design Crowd is a website that helps startups, small businesses, and marketers outsource custom design from logos and business cards to websites and landing pages. In fact, Design Crowd gives you access to over 550,000 designers from Sydney to San Francisco, ready to help you with awesome creative ideas. Here's how it works. You post a brief describing your design need. Within hours, you'll receive your first design, and over the next three to 10 days, a typical project will receive 60 to 100 different designs from designers around the world. You then pick your favourite, make any changes, and pay the designer. You know, whether you're an entrepreneur looking to set up your brand or an established business that needs marketing collateral designed, Design Crowd is your answer. For a special $100 VIP listener offer, go to designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo or enter the discount code Timbo when posting a project. See, now you can have cheap, quick and great design thanks to Design Crowd. You're listening to the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Show, thanks to American Express, and we're talking with Peter Wells, owner of Davo's Fishing and Tackle in beautiful downtown Noosa. Pete, you talked about, um, you went, to, you go to conferences? Very much so. Uh, so uh, the, the tackle world will put on, I, I, get, I imagine, national conferences. Do you go overseas to retail conferences or anything like that? I've been to a couple. and Good um, on you. Yeah, yeah, I think you've got to. You definitely, the, the Americans know how to do fishing tackle probably better than anyone. I think they've got the money behind them to do. Their tackle shops over there are, are wild. Um, I also tap into overseas suppliers and have a look at them, and I talk to them at our trade conferences we have once a year. Um, I'm going to do a large one next year for six weeks. We'll do a round trip. We'll go to Europe and uh, Japan and America and just see different displays, talk to different suppliers, not so much to get their products but to get their ideas. And if they can help me with products, well, so be it. You're able to do this because you're flush with money or because you choose to uh, a smile forming on your face? But I ask that, because, or do you choose to in order to learn? Because there's a lot of small business owners listening to this, Pete, who do not get out, who are stuck in their business. They're constantly in their business, not on their business. Are you one of them or you just kind of you choose to just get out and, and no matter what? Because those conferences aren't cheap. No, they're not. And But you've got to be able to get out. You've got to expand yourself. If you just... Um, if you just said the words, if you work in your business and not on your business, you will start standing still. And I don't want that. I've got a, a long-term plan. I'm not going to be in the fishing industry forever. I'll be fishing one day. I probably don't get a chance to do that enough at the moment. Mm. So I want to build it up as much as I can, get as much loyal customers as I can, 
get them coming back, repeat customers. There's nothing better than a repeat customer. I've been there long enough that starts off when he's nine and now he's a regular shopper at 16 or 17. Beautiful. And fishing, catching fish. Yep. And he's happy, so his parents are happy. His granddad's happy when he comes up for a visit, so the first place he takes them is Davos. So if we can build a brand like that. Intergenerational. Definitely. That'd be awesome. A thought came to mind. You mean, given you, uh, you're in the business of fishing, you don't get out to fish, which is a little bit sad. Um, have, have you thought about brand extensions where you would do Davo's fishing tours, for example? Uh, there's always scope in the horizon. I mean, our shops are only a certain size and they can only fit so much tackle and we can only change them around so many times. I'm probably currently looking at a couple of different projects, especially working with other businesses, but to get the Davo's name a bit more prominent. And it doesn't necessarily have to be fishing. It can be recreational activities too. Well, I would have thought so. I mean, quite an elastic brand, I would have thought. You've kind of built something there. Given you've got the one store in Noosa, which is all fishing tackle, and right next door you've got another store, which is all, what is it, outdoor, life, camping, boating? Boating and outdoors. So boating boat chandlery, very big in kayaks, and, and a bit of camping in that because we have obviously the transit population that go to North Shore and Fraser Island that always want their last-minute sleeping bags and things like that. Was it a big decision to extend the brand into that kind of product area? Definitely, considering the, the rents and that. Yes. Noosa, it is a, a big decision. That shop's growing, so that's good. We're starting to get a lot of repeat customers. We've been open there for two years now, but it's just an extension we needed. We, we did run out of room. We're getting asked for all these products and for us to service them products, otherwise... They've got to go to the big box chain stores, and if we can't offer it, we're not giving them any choice. You have experienced some amazing growth. Any sleepless nights? Definitely, definitely. You come to them awful months where you're trying to hit, you're trying to hit targets, and you just, you either think you're not going to make it, and something happens and you do, or you know you're not going to make it, so you've got to think of, you've got to have sleepless nights to think of ways. Okay, how can I make it? We don't always make it. We're making it eighty percent of the time. What's it look like? Paint a picture of you. You're looking down the barrel of a poor month. You meet with your your store manager and say, we're not going to make it. What do you do? Sit around a whiteboard and brainstorm? Or have you got a a little black book you pull out that's got five no-fail retail ideas that you pulled from the last conference in Vegas? Um, No, we'll probably do something totally different, look at the weather. (laughs) We'll look at the weather, and we can blame the weather. We don't blame the weather. We, We can't control the weather, so don't blame But We'll look at the weather. Sometimes we'll have a weather window where the moons and the stars will line up. We just know that that's going to be a good week for fishing, so... That's the time, if that's, if that's coming in the last part of the month, that's the time to get in and promote and tell people how good a fishing, what's going to happen. You know, everything's going to happen, the fish are going to come on the bite. And with us having such loyal and long-term staff members, a lot of them know when the fish are going to bite. And it's not rocket science, it is for me, not for them. They know when they're going to bite. So if we can promote things like that, if we can... Um, we'll have, we have a sausage sizzle every Saturday. If things are slow, we'll put the free sausage sizzle on. Instead of charging people, we'll put a free one on just to get some more customers. Just to How do people know about that? Facebook, social right. media, websites, word of mouth is big. Yep. Signs out the front, that's about it. But Who doesn't love a free sausage? Yeah, that's it, mate. So yeah. um, where Fish sausage? or No, it should be, shouldn't it? should be. I would have thought so. But, like, uh, at the moment where um, our Novembers aren't normally crash hot in the, in the tackle industry... So we do a thing, we've got a boat at the moment worth $18,000 that we're giving away once you spend some money in store. So we know November's going to be quiet, so we need something to attract customers so we can get them there. They're going to spend it somewhere, but we just want them to spend it with us. And for that, they go on the chance to get an $18,000 boat. So things like that, just reinventing all the time, just constant, Hmm. constant work.
you're not bringing uh, the Boxing Day sale forward, are you? I just was at a, a store around the corner from you on the way here, Eclectic Noosa, which is a homeware store, furniture store, and they've already got the Christmas New Year's sale with 10 to 60% off. And it's like, you know, Black Friday's just finished for the online world. Now we've got today is Black Monday. It's like, all of it, you know, to me, I look at that, and I'm not a retailer, but I look and I go, why? Doesn't that just water down the whole thing? Isn't Black, shouldn't Black Friday be Black Friday? Shouldn't a Christmas, you know, Boxing Day sale be on that around that time and not in November? What am I missing? No, it should be. I'm, right. I'm with you 100%. I mean, people do a Boxing Day sale for one reason. They like that's it's been generated around that for years yeah. and years. The Black Friday should have been. I'm still getting asked questions. Why was it on that date? <laughs> and it's all about online and something that happened many years yes. ago. It's um. Yeah, it does water it down. It, totally. I think it takes your customer connection away because they'll be saying they just want a sale. So that's why we do the boat because we're, we're actually offering something. Yes. We had another one on the weekend um, where we gave away a $3,000 travel voucher and a fridge full of beer and a few nice. other prices, and that was an outside broadcast with the radio. So we had a jumping castle and things like that just to get a few more people in, just to get them to let them know Davos is there. We're open for Christmas. We're open 6 to 6 and... Yeah, come and shop with us. I want to talk about marketing shortly, but uh, just on that, uh, your, the boat, the $3,000 travel voucher, you, how are you doing that? Are you just going and buying them or are you partnering up with other businesses and doing joint promotions? Okay, so the travel voucher, we partnered up with the lo- local radio station. Um, they, and they provide the travel voucher? They f- provide the travel voucher, but as long as we pay our monthly fees. Yes. But it's, we've done a year-long promotion with them on the radio, and that's just part of it. They give you a $3,000 voucher. I could use it for one of my overseas junkets, as you called it before. <laughs> I didn't do that, did I? No. Or, um, or I can use it for a worthwhile prize where it hasn't cost me anything. So if it hasn't cost me anything, let's turn it into something. What about the boat? The boat. So the boat was an idea that happened at the Gold Coast after one of the conferences, after we've had too many beers, and I was with a couple of suppliers that uh, I'm pretty close with. And I said, you know, November, I wasn't looking forward to November. This was in August. And I'm just saying that we're talking about the bad months and we said, well, let's give away a boat. And one supplier said, well, I'll throw some in. The other supplier said, I'll throw some in. So we all meet in the middle. So at the end of the day, it cost me about half the cost. The other suppliers put in. So we try to promote the other suppliers to um, hopefully hopefully people buy their products. Love it. As well as buying them from us. And then at the end of the day, one lucky punter will win it. The We won a Vietnam vet, won it last year, and he was over the Wonderful. Moon. He had tears in his eyes when he came to pick it up. So. No doubt. There's a great learning there. I, my, in my previous life, as I was the marketing manager at Flight Centre, and gee, I, we lent on the suppliers big time. And we had a lot of, you know, you could because you were Flight Centre. But I think even smaller businesses can probably rely more on suppliers. Suppliers want you to succeed because if you're succeeding, they're succeeding. So is that something you would recommend to listeners? Definitely. I, um, the only thing, you've got to give them something back. It's no good just putting your hand out and take, take, take. So, for instance... Um, I'll, I'll lean on suppliers, but I won't put, give 20 suppliers the opportunity to do it. I'll pick five good suppliers out of that, and hopefully I'll get four, and then I'll pump them, I'll promote them. So you create a bit of competition amongst the suppliers, do you? Definitely. Oh, I like that. But we've got to give them something back. So we've got to, we've got to share the boat. So Facebook, and that's a great tool for that. It, they can share it on all their stuff. So when they're sharing it on their stuff, they're actually promoting Davos as well. But they're saying, look how good we are. We, we provided some of this prize for hmm. Davos. So it goes around the circle. Yeah. But if you take, 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 you'll you'll get it once. You won't get it twice. You mentioned Facebook a few times, but you don't look like a Facebook kind of guy, but clearly you're always sort of doing selfies and stuff out on the river and, you know, holding up the ice cream and look at me type bloke. Uh, 
a little bit. It's it's Come one on. thing. It's one that you've just got to be part of it. I know. It's I um, know. It's not going away, and it's no. it's sort of free. It's sort of not. Exactly. But it sounds like you're doing pretty well. We're chatting with uh, Davo's fishing and tackle owner, Peter Wells, thanks to American Express. Pete, how long did you put off the decision to start an e-commerce play? Probably about uh, three years. We we had a little dabble in it. Didn't like it. What didn't didn't, you like? We didn't do it right. Didn't do it right. It's a lot of work. Um, Anyone who thinks they can just start e-commerce and start turning over the money is quite wrong. So I put it on the back shelf. Then my son... He was in the Navy. He left the Navy and he come and he was stuck. He was waiting for uni to go back to uni and he said, well, why haven't you got this up the lo- off the line yet? You know, what's going on? And I said, well, if you want to run with it, you can run with it. And and that's where we kicked it right into gear. So it was a bit slow to start with, but there's no good. It's like having a competitor. It's like having a, a, another bricks and mortar competitor. We've got online competitors, so we need to come up and match with them and, and mm. have a go. I interviewed maybe you know a guy called Paul Newenhouse about four years ago. He's got hooked online and sinker. He's it's an eBay store. Yeah, doing a couple of mil, doing okay. So yeah, you're sort of up against those blokes, and I think he does it from home, or at least has a little you know storage unit out the back and does all the distribution. That three years, do you sort of kick yourself? Do you feel like, geez, we left a lot of dough behind by not sort of acting quicker, or just? Um, not really. I don't think I was ready before. I don't think I had the experience. E-commerce does bring totally different challenges. Um, buy it today, why isn't it here this afternoon? It's uh, There's lots of different things. It's a lot more competitive than your bricks and mortar store. It's very competitive. Do you feel out of your depth? Not so much out of my depth, but I'm still learning. So I'm not out of my depth. I'm, I'm willing to take on the challenge, um, but every day seems to be a new challenge. But as I said, if you're not part of it, you can't. you can't compete. You can't. Um, you can't just say it's going to go away. It's like Facebook. It's going to be here. It's only growing year and year. Um, you just got to work out best ways to manage it. Doug runs it. Your son runs it. What, what impact has it had on the bricks and mortar business? Is it is it added or has it uh, cannibalised? Or it's it's added. We obviously we we found people in and around the Sunshine Coast that we've never seen before that are buying from us online, but they also come into store. Um, obviously, you can do a click and collect, which we have that as well. Our volume's bigger. So by our volume bigger, gives us uh, more power with suppliers. It's helped us there. It's probably, we need a lot more staffing, which we have got. Um, back room staffing? Back room, definitely, yeah. What's been the hardest part about going online? Competing against the big online retailers, and there were some very strong ones in fishing. There still is. We're very small, where we might have 3,000 SKUs online. They've got over 30,000. We're competing because obviously we're getting complaints from them and things like that, so we know we're, we're playing in the right field with them. But they're very powerful. They've been doing it a long time. They've learnt the lessons that I'm learning now. What kind of complaints are you getting? Oh, why, why does he sell it for this? Or why does, why does he have it and I haven't got it? So we, uh, we went to market on Friday with three new lures, one that won Best Lure in Australia at the latest awards. We were online first with it. Um, no one's got it online till about 12 o'clock today, and they... There was all the complaints, especially from big box chainsaws that have online, right. of how come Dave has got it. How come you did? I know where they were delivered to, and I went and picked them up. <laughs> I love it. So Love it. Yeah, and that's why. And we just got four days, and that's, 
it's not a lot of sales. We're talking lures. It's not a lot of money, but it gives us good credibility. Well, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, you might not have got rich over it, but people will talk about it and go, Davos are onto it. And even the fact I'm, they probably don't know that you physically drove and picked it up, but it's a pretty good story in itself. No, and it was a short 10-minute drive. Love it. There you go. <laughs> what do you find easy about it, the whole online thing? Easy? Uh, let me son run it. Yes. That's good. Well, tell me about that, father-son. In business to get any other family members in, in the business? No, my wife, she's a school teacher, um, but she helps out on the weekends and things like that And uh, when she's not working. My daughter, she's in uni, but she's helped out previous times. She's worked behind the counter and got lots of good compliments. It was a pity to, to lose her, but uni had to take precedence, mm-hmm. so that's fine. Because it brings a whole set of new challenges when you're a family business, I'm it, guessing. It does. It does, and it does with other employees as well as your family oh, yes. employees. But I think we've, we've got the balance right, especially um, with my son just running the online side of it. He doesn't really have anything to do with the shop, apart from he might help us out when we're extremely busy or something like that. So it's it's two totally different items, so it's it's working well, hmm. that side of it. Good on you. Yeah, well, it's a big move, and uh, you can't do it all yourself, so bringing your son's a good thing. Let's talk marketing, given that is, this is the Small Business Big Marketing Show. What's your That's view good. on marketing? Do it as much as you can afford. You've, you've definitely got a market. You can't wait for people to come to you. You can you can have a name by like Davos. You can have a name like anyone else. But if you're not putting it out there in a positive way to say that come here, we've got everything you want, you're not gonna you're not gonna turn it over. You you need to be out there marketing constantly all the time, coming up with different ideas, looking how other people are doing it, looking how other people are doing it right, how other people are doing it wrong. And um, having a go, you'll, you'll make mistakes. No doubt. It doesn't matter you'll, if you've been in 30 years, I think you'd make mistakes. But um, I think the positives definitely outweigh the negatives. Here's a money-making tip from American Express member and Four Pillars Gin founder, Stu Greger. I, for the life of me, don't understand why a business won't accept Amex because what you're potentially doing is knocking back customers who want to spend money on your product or your brand or your service or whatever it is. And I frankly don't understand it. If someone wants to give me their Amex and buy 10 bottles of gin, I tell you what, I'll take their Amex, thanks very much. You're potentially also denying yourself a big chunk of corporate business as well. You know, because a lot of sales guys, a lot of guys, I know me in my own business, I use Amex. And if I, get a, a, if I ring to make a booking at a restaurant or a bar or something, I say, do you accept Amex? And they say, no, I go somewhere else. So they don't even know the business they're, they're missing out on. It beggars belief. And I often find myself having these conversations rather awkward conversations at the <laughs> with with a shopkeeper or a or a bar owner or a restaurateur saying why wouldn't you take it I'll pay you the extra I'll pay one and a half or oh, the credit card service fee or whatever you want take my money it's business 101 really make it easy for people to give you money speaking of money the American Express Business Explorer credit card comes with 50,000 bonus points every year a low interest rate and two points on every dollar you spend. Not to mention a couple of tickets to the very swish Amex Lounge at Sydney International Airport. Search Amex Business to find out more. New American Express card members only. Terms and conditions apply. Let's dissect your marketing. I think your branding's fantastic. Maybe something you learned from Coke, but there's a real consistency about the Davos branding, whether you see it on the store, on the shirts, on the signage cars how do you manage that that's not easy big big brands have brand managers that are that's their whole job who does that for davos yeah i do it i just that's the thing i learned in my past in the transport i've seen how how powerful branding was i've seen how um 
certain products Coca-Cola could bring out and turn them into instant success, and then other ones would die a natural death very quickly. So you learn a lot about that, and you keep it in your subconscious. I'm into uh, uniformity, if that's a word. I don't think it is, but it's a great word. Uniformality. Yes. Okay. Let's, let's put that in. Let's get them put that in. But um, even consistency would be is what you're into. Yeah. So someone's got to see part of the Davos logo or Davos brand and recognise it. They don't need to see all of it. I want them to just see part of it. Could be the back of my van driving past. It could be something flicking when they're flicking through their Facebook things. I just want them to see part of it and go, oh no, that's Davos, and that'll register. And if the more times they see it, the more it'll register. That's that's a, a great learning piece. There's a whole game on that thing. They're called what what logo is that? Have you seen that? Where they it, it it might be an app, and it slowly starts to reveal a logo, and you've got to guess. It's, it basically tests how quickly you can guess what the what the business is. Um, and whilst it might be fun for some, it's also a great learning because, as you say, like the split second seeing a brand drive past or just flicking through it on Facebook, if you can recognise it without spending much time on it, then you know you're doing something right. I think so, and I might go and download that app and have a look. It's at the very good. Playing, so. <laughs> Branding's such an overused word in marketing, and I would also argue that many small business owners don't understand it. What is branding to you? To me, that's a, that's probably one of the hardest questions I've been asked. Branding to me is very important. It's 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 my face on the brand, my name on the brand. It, it's you've got to carry that with you being a small business. If Davos is travelling no good, if Davos gets a bad rap, and we have had a bad rap once or twice, very not very often. Um, I take that very personally. So um, I pride ourselves on our branding and keep our brand strong. So I am a bit precious, my team would say, when someone tries to hurt our brand in any way. Oh, good on you. Yes, so I I, I take it very personally. So does my team. We all take it to heart. We just don't go, oh, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about or that lady doesn't know. We take it and we want to know why. Hmm. Um, someone doesn't like our brand, so we can we can either fix, fix the problem or explain to them why we're doing it. Best definition I've ever heard of branding, Pete, is it is an emotional attachment. So if you can build an emotional attachment between you and a customer, then you kind of you're developing loyalty and familiarity and trust versus a rational attachment, which is more based on price, and we know where that ends. So anything you can do that, and clearly that's what you're doing. You didn't know you were doing it, but you're doing it very, very well. Thank you. <laughs> in fact, you mentioned putting your name to the business. You, As you walk in the store, I'm just, I can see a poster on the left-hand side with your face on it and signature. What does? What are the words on that? Don't, not, don't mean verbatim, but what, what's no, that it, saying? It just, it just tells people that I'm a local owner. I'm not a, a multi-corporation. Um, some people view tackle because tackle is very strong in the fishing tackle market. People mightn't understand that they're all family businesses. So I just, we wanted to put out that we're a family business. We're privately owned, part of a franchise, and that we can help you. We're there. If someone wants to come in and see me because they've got a compliment, complaint, query, question, five times out of ten they can ask for me and I'll be there. Ten times out of ten I'll answer them if they Brilliant. let me come back to them. Customer service. I reckon you're big on this. What's your, what's your philosophy? Customer is always right. Are they? Until you can correct them. Okay, so so they're, they're, they are always right, but they might be right for the wrong reason. So if you can help them, someone might be right in the way they fish for a certain type of species, but we'll show them a different way, and they come back and say, oh, I was so wrong, I like your way now. Right. So they were right to start with. We just helped them. We just helped them right, do it the right way, mm-hmm. in our way, the Davos way. How do you handle difficult customers? Yeah, we... We, we do actually have a spreadsheet for that. 
We haven't had <laughs> spreadsheet yes. for it. Is that like a blacklist? Oh no, no, definitely. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd blacklist anyone. I um, we have a variety of customers from 100. I think 107 is our oldest one to date that we know of, and our youngest one's definitely like one week old. It's beautiful. It's fine. Difficult customers. What's the spreadsheet? Just how to handle, identify it, ah. identify it, work with it. Um, just basic business principles, you know, don't, in, don't engage. Find out what their problem is and, and try and help. You're not going to help 100% of the people, but if you can get that person leaving thinking, or at least they've tried, they've tried. You know, some things are out of our control sometimes. Warranties are probably a typical example where we can't make calls on warranties, where suppliers actually make calls. And sometimes the suppliers don't honour it for their own reasons. And we normally cop the brunt of that, but mm-hmm. we've just got to show the customer that we tried 100% to get everything they can, and we'll do certain things for them that'll make them feel better at the end of the day. You know, we'll take a bit of a hit just so they know, okay, next time I need something, I'll go back to Davos because they tried for us. What, what's the customer service training look like at Davos? Because I've walked in there probably probably five or six times. I have never not been greeted within five seconds of actually walking through the door. How do you train? Do you have ongoing training for them? Do you put them through courses? Um, we basically, we, our, our course is probably the course of life. We, we have a meeting once a month where we sit around and we um, have a few beers, rums or soft drink. We get the whole team in. We do it after hours. and we'll talk. I, I'd hope so. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> most times. Most times. But we'll, we'll talk about customer service and we'll talk about exactly what we, We'll talk about difficult customers and how we handled, if we had a particular customer that month, a difficult one how we handled that and if we could have done it better, how we would have done it better. Um, and then we'll do pointers on how to serve customers, how to greet them, how to know that when there's five people in the store where everyone is but while you're still serving a person, you, you've got to know who's in the store and when. That can be difficult, especially I think last Christmas we had 83 people in the store at once. Wow. Yeah, everyone was running around silly, but every customer is just as important to as every customer is just as important as each other. No doubt people come in rags and they might spend a fortune they might just want a 50 dollar combo that doesn't matter we just want to make them happy mm-hmm. we want to get them to catch fish i keep getting it all the boys i say and the girls we do employ female staff i say you've got to tell them all your secret spots that's the favorite question where's the secret spot because if they're not catching fish we're all out of a job yes so yeah. we share everything we share all the information almost everything almost everything. i reckon if i spoke to chico who's one of the great customer service talents. I'll almost go in Australia. I know he'll listen to this. He'll be quite chuffed by that. He'll be probably having a 4 somewhere right now on a boat, any secret spot. Yes. <laughs> but you can't give away all your secrets, surely. Uh, no, but 90, 90% of them at least. 90% of them because I've had, I've had team members before that haven't, um, haven't always shared their, right. their secret spots or their secret ideas. And then once I, once I get them to do that, and someone comes back running, running in and says, Chico, you told me where to go this, you told me how to do it, and look what I caught. Chico gets more of a kick out of that than if he was catching the fish. No doubt. And that's just not Chico. Other staff, they realise that. Mm. And they also feed off Chico too, by the way. <laughs> and a great nickname, by the way, is Chico. Oh, yeah. Tell me, uh, Noosa is a small regional town in Queensland. Staff are hard to come by. Good staff are hard to come by wherever you are. You seem to have 18... Great staff. I spoke to a restaurant owner recently down the other end of Noosa who, couldn't, who, who one day couldn't open because he couldn't find staff. What's your secret to attracting great people? Probably our customers. 
our customers, our word of mouth, I mean, I don't think there's too many people around Noosa or around southeast Queensland that haven't got positive words to say about Davos. So we have people ringing up, constantly dropping in, wanting to work there. Wow. That's good. And as I say, a lot of them come in and they think, oh, they're going to work in fishing tackle, go fishing all the time, use the latest fishing gear. But it is actually work from six to six. Mm -hmm. But when you can engage with customers, get them to catch that fish that we just told them about, them, tell them about the 90% of your secret stuff, and when they come back in happy, you'll be happy, so you'll stay in the job. You're saving a lot of dough by not having to run employment ads. Yes. <laughs> yes. Really, it's yeah. fantastic. Let's carve up some of the other marketing you do. Just quickly, I've heard you on radio. You're doing some promos on radio. It sounds like you've got a 12-month agreement with the local station. Does it work? I think so. I think you so. Think? I think so. We'll, we'll, we'll let, let you know. We're, we're just doing an analysis at the moment. It definitely hasn't hurt us. It's um, you must you must spend so much on advertising. You, you're silly if you don't. You'll, really? You'll you'll only be asking why aren't they coming in the door? You must. It just must be part of it. Must be part like your customer service. That's interesting. That's got to be that's got to be there. You must let people know you're there. You must let people know you're open from six to six. Not everyone listens to Facebook. <laughs> well, you can't. We no, can watch it. That's it. So okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a very local, it's, targeted radio campaign that involves ads, live reads, live crosses? Yes, everything, all the above. All rounder. Do you do TV? Not for a while. We have done TV before. Bit of a bottomless pit, that one, isn't it? It is. It is, and it's very hard. Certain <laughs> times of the year, it seems the big uh, multinationals and chains definitely soak up the TV hmm. now, and they can they have a lot bigger budgets than us so they can afford it so we sort of we've got to take out their avenues what do you do from a local area marketing point of view how do you really immerse yourself in the community do you give away donations do you give prizes at events what do you do we support everyone from we've supported the coast guard we currently we're not but we have supported them in the past very heavily uh, they named a boat after us called davos rescue that was a very important moment wow why'd you stop uh, just we've got to share it around <laughs> We definitely share it around. We, um, we've just finished, last year we finished sponsoring the Pirates, which is a local rugby league club, the Juniors. Um, next year we're looking at other rugby league clubs. We sponsor the local netball. We sponsor the local AFL. Probably our main thing is our social fishing comps that we do, we get out in the community. So we do a social fishing comp roughly every two months. Hmm. And we put that out there and that gets people out there that, don't fish that just want to come and do it and have a chat around other fishermen they want to learn because they're a bit shy to come and ask all the time so we just do a social one where we always wind up having a drink having a sausage sizzle and everyone chats and that sounds awesome where do you you dead down the you find a spot on the river and promote it and see you there at three o'clock on a friday or something no at the shop oh it's at the shop the shop we do it either out the back or at the front so they'll they'll come in on a friday they'll get their token they'll get their Ah. their basic set of rules which is about three we try to make it as simple as possible the old kiss principle yeah because we want people to have fun yeah and then we wind it up on sunday about lunchtime when people come in and they don't just just the competitors don't come in they bring their families or their kids or their parents in everyone's welcome they can have a sausage sizzle they can have a cold beer a cold soft drink a water and we sit around and chat and we Still got people that done it years ago that didn't know each other that are now the best fishing partners known to men. How fantastic. We're looking forward to our first engagement over it. So we'll, oh, really? we'll wait and see. That might be the next interview. Could be a Davo's baby. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> we call it well, David, Davo or well, Peter? Gee, that's fairy. Yeah. <laughs>
Hey, we're chatting with Davos Fishing and Tackle owner Peter Wells, thanks to American Express. Pete, just to wrap up, is there a big idea that you would love to try within the business that you're just too scared to? Oh, big idea. I have a lot of big ideas and they, they go through my ears pretty quick. <laughs> no, I, I'd, I'd just still like to expand. I'd, I'd like to expand that the coast is a big place. The coast is growing at a phenomenal rate. I'd like to expand more. Bricks and mortar. Bricks and mortar, definitely. Our online shop is expanding and will continue to expand. But definitely in bricks and mortar, I don't want to own the world. I don't want to become a big box chain. But I would like to offer our service that we supply here in Noosa and at Makula to other places around the coast. You know there will become a tipping point where you will expand to the point that you might not become a big box chain, but you lose the family nature of the Davos business? Definitely. Definitely. So that is a balance, and that's probably why that has that has pulled us up, mm. because we've got to find ways to manage that. Right. And we can manage it by, once again, wherever we if we if we did start another shop by doing the community events and that we just mm-hmm. we just talked about. How do you maintain a work life balance, Pete, or don't you? Uh, my wife would say I don't. Right. Um, I do by having back to the team by having a good team. I've right. probably balanced it out a lot more the last uh, eighteen months mm-hmm. than I have had before. I do travel, and when I travel, I do do social things as well. So. I try to, if I have to go to Sydney, I just come back from Sydney for a couple of days, so I spent a couple of days extra and caught up with a couple of my other family members down there. So, Combine a bit of work and play. Yeah. What's the one thing that you wished you'd known at the start of becoming the owner of Davos? Working the weekends. I didn't think about it. Jeez, I could have told you that. It's yeah, a bloody fishing shop, mate. I know. I just, <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. What's the business you wished you owned and why? Wish I owned Coca Cola. <laughs> Just so Don't we I all? could retire. <laughs> uh, no, nah, any any business. I, I'd be willing to have a go at a totally different business if you could buy the right business. You should always buy a business that's not at the top of its game. I believe it should be something that you can work on, build up, be proud of, and then either hand it over to someone else or hand it over to a family member. What is it in particular that you love about business, Pete? Being able to grow it, being able to use your energy. And then at the end of the day, go, okay, I've made it. I've made something better today. I know you can do that as an employee. You can do that just as well. But at the end of the day, I've got a retirement plan. I've got um, a name. Um, I like socialising around Noosa, especially. Mm -hmm. So I like catching up with other business people. I like going down. I like some of the community, knowing who we are and, um, and sharing a drink with them or sharing a chat on the riverbank with them. So it's, yeah, camaraderie is very Mm. strong. And finally, as a business owner, who do you seek inspiration from? My family. In, I... in what way? Um, just to keep going forward when you have them tough days. Business is definitely not all um, roses. You have them tough days, you've definitely got to seek. You know, they, they, they'll tell you you're always doing a good job and keep going, even if you're not, whereas some people will tell you bluntly that you're not. So they give you inspiration. Uh, I can shut my eyes and think of my dear past dad. He'll give me inspiration every time I do that. He was a very strong person in that and probably my friends definitely my friends i um i moved here i was the first submariner from my era to move around the sunshine coast now currently in noosa there's nine members of a certain submarine that i was on in 1985 that are now living in noosa no they've all followed us you've lured them up here oh yes on that joke, I will say, Pete, uh, great story. Uh, love the Davos brand, and thanks for sharing some insights into it. Thank you very much.
Well, there you go, team. Peter Wells, owner of the iconic fishing retail brand, Davos Fishing and Tackle. And a big thanks, by the way, to friend Campbell Munro for organising that interview. Most appreciated, Cam. By the way, Pete's very kindly provided us with five $100 vouchers to use online for winners of this show's monster prize draw. So be sure to send me in your entry. All I need to know is what have you learned from listening to this show, how you've implied, applied it in your business, and what impact it has had on your business. And you win big! Tim at timree.com.au would be my email. Hey, be sure to hang around after my top three attention grabbers for some news on a new video series I recently appeared in, which will provide you with some additional inspirational resources for you and your beautiful business. But first, my top three attention grabbers from my chat with Peter Wells, thanks to American Express and Design Crowd. Attention grabber number one. I really love how Pete gets into bed with his suppliers, working together to organise competitions, you know, requesting prize giveaways and accessing any research or data that will enable him and his team to make more informed business decisions. I think the trick, though, as he said, is to ensure that is a two-way street. Don't just take, take, take from your suppliers. Give back as well. Maybe give back a little bit more than they give you, and I think you're in for a good partnership. Attention grabber number two. I love Pete's view that the customer is always right until he has the opportunity to correct them. You know, I think the notion that the customer is always right is a little bit flawed. So it's kind of nice to hear from a business owner with a different perspective. Attention grabber number three. As a business owner, we need to listen more than we speak. I couldn't agree more with that, Pete. In fact, only this morning, I was watching an interview with Sir Richard Branson in which he was asked for his top business tips. And this was one of his first tips. He went as far as saying that the ability to truly listen to others was a defining characteristic of all the amazing world leaders that he's met over the years. People like Nelson Mandela, Barack Obama, etc. In fact, Branson's put together a group of people called uh, the Elders. That you know, Their sole mission is to solve massive world problems and what he said about each of the elders in that interview is that they are all fantastic listeners. That's what grabbed my attention. I'd love to know what grabbed yours. Head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 440 and let me know. Hey Timbo, it's Brendan Tarazzi, the owner of Seacliff House, the wedding venue on the New South Wales South Coast. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I've had heaps of random people reach out to me after hearing me on episode 434. So a big thanks for having me on the show. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks, Brendan. Really appreciate it, mate. You're not the first guest to say that. Generally, you appear on this show, something good will happen. You don't know what it's going to be. You just might get a call from a new customer or supplier or the media or who knows, but something good will happen. You have heard me say, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you'll have heard me say often, get some podcast interviews under your belt. It's a great way to get exposure. It's a great way to articulate your message. And I encourage you as a small business owner to do that when you've got a limited budget. Three steps to doing that. Identify identify a podcast you'd love to appear on. Email the host with a very succinct, here's the trick, a very succinct pitch. If that freaks you out, go back and visit episode 425. I'll put a link in the show notes where I talk to you about how to nail your pitch. 
Maybe even hit the host up on social media. Follow up. If you don't get an answer the first time, follow up. And then when you are locked in for an interview, absolutely enjoy it. A few months ago, I was contacted by Yellow to do a series of inspirational video interviews with small business owners called Do More Business. Sort of like an abbreviated version of what we do on this show, but with the added bonus that I got to chat with them at their actual businesses for an extended period of time. Got to go on site. In fact, one of the videos uh, I hung around with a lady who owns a nail and massage business, a mobile nail and massage business, and we got to travel around and visit a client or two, which was a bit of fun. The business included, on top of the nail and massage lady, an environmental store, a dog groomer, a coffee roaster, a sparky, an interior designer. We covered many, many industries. So... If you'd like to see why I've got a great head for podcasting and avoid video at all cost, plus be further inspired by business owners just like you who have the same struggles, the same questions and the same dreams as you do, then go over and have a look at these videos. They're fantastic, beautifully produced, uh, and you'll find them at yellow.com.au forward slash do hyphen more hyphen business. Plus, I'll also put a link uh, to the first one in the show notes over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 440. Righto, now I apologise up front for this week's Jingle of the Week as it's pretty much guaranteed to stick in your head for at least the next three days. Here it is. Banana boat. Banana boat. It's 30 plus. Banana boat. It lasts for hours and hours and hours. Oh, very catchy. I love that little bit at the end. Thank you. Uh, it's also a little one. I'd call that a little one percenter at the end of the script. And just in case you don't know what the jingle is for, it's for Banana Boat Sunscreen. Hey, if you've got a jingle you'd like me to play, hit me up on Twitter at Timbo Reed. Maybe you've got your own jingle for your own business. I'd love to hear that. Twitter at Timbo Reed. That almost wraps up another episode of the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Show, sponsored by American Express and Design Crowd. Be sure to search Amex Business. We're almost at the end of the episode, so yeah, you can do it. Amex Business to find out how your business expenses can reward you and grab $100 off your next design brief over at designcrowd.com forward slash Timbo. I got some great interviews coming up, including a 24-year-old Melbourne entrepreneur who's accidentally grown a bakery and now a donut business into a burgeoning little empire, all whilst doing his master's. And we catch up with a tie shop owner who had to take a major pivot once he realised there wasn't a whole lot of people wearing ties anymore. Don't forget there's an entire back catalogue of interviews over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. If you love the Small Business Big Marketing Show, and why wouldn't you, then let another business owner know about it by grabbing their phone, opening up the podcast app. I like Pocket Cast, but you can use whatever podcast app you wish and download it for them. Until next week, I am Timbo Reid. Always have been, always will be. Thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.